With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the XFL. I'm not a numbers guy. Football is about emotion. You can measure a player's size, Time. how fast he runs the Ford. But... You can't measure his passion, his desire, how bad he wants to play. There's only one stat that matters in the XFL. How much of your heart did you leave on that field? The XFL, coming this February, it's real football. Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, right there. Matthew Collar in for Patrick Royce here on The Ride with Royce. Manny Hill as well, Chris Reavers. And I am having a great day because the XFL is coming back. Vince McMahon, you heard it there. You heard it in the sports update. He's Vince McMahon is bringing back the actual XFL after years ago, it turned out to be a complete abomination. And there was an amazing ESPN 30 for 30 that laid out everything that went wrong with the XFL the first time. And it really left you with the feeling that Vince McMahon was going to bring it back. And I was not surprised at all to see this come out today, that in 2020, he is bringing it back. But there are some really interesting details, and I want to lay those out, and I want to get your guys' take on it, too, on whether you're going to watch it or not. But I would love to hear from some people on whether you are actually interested in more football or another football leak. So if you want to if you want to give us a call, we're going to be talking about this throughout the show. My friend Brian is going to call in or we're going to we're going to call him in a few minutes who he's a reporter in Buffalo and he knows more about WWE and Vince McMahon than any reasonable human being should. So he's going to tell me all about all the details of this. That's in a few minutes. But I want to know from people if they are actually excited about the idea of the XFL coming back. So the number 651 651- Six four six eight two five five or eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. If that is exciting to you, I would love to hear why. So I've got a Twitter poll that I put out at Matthew Collar. Is the XFL relaunch exciting, stupid, interesting, or will Brett Favre play? And right <laughs> now, the results, guys, are sixteen percent are excited, thirty six percent think it's stupid. 31% are interested and 17 want Favre to come back. 
So you two tell me, Manny and Chris, where do you stand on XFL relaunch? I think it's going to be as much of a disaster the second time around as it was the first time around. There is the, the NFL right now is king. I mean, and, and, and the, the next biggest and most popular league in the United States right now is the NBA, just in terms of like the ratings and how much money they're making and all of that. And it just almost pales in comparison to what, what the NFL is doing. So I don't, I, I don't really, I guess I don't really see the point in, in why Vince McMahon is trying to do this again. Does he feel like he has to redeem himself 20 years later after this or, or what? Like, I don't, I don't really get it. I kind of agree with Manny. Um, I personally, I, I'm, I'm not really that interested and I'm paid to kind of follow sports. I will probably tune in just to see what's going on. I, I think I, the general I, I, public, I, I just want to watch it just to see how bad of a, disaster it's going to be because I think it will be. I think the general public is going to maybe tune in out of curiosity to begin with and then it's going to completely fall off the planet like it did the first time and it's because I think we've seen the plateau with football. I mean, the NFL is even seeing how expanding into Thursday nights full time hasn't really been that profitable mm. because the the interest is, is just isn't there and there's just too much football to begin with. I I get it. It's still king and as Manny mentioned it's the Super Bowl on a, a week from Sunday is going to have the highest number since whatever. I just think that this is another publicity stunt. This is Vince McMahon, who is a master marketer. He'll probably include LeVar Ball in some point <laughs> to be an owner of one of the teams or whatever he's going to do because he is a marketing genius. Yes, McMahon will. is. I just I just don't think the general public's going to care. I really don't. So let me tell you some of the details that are different. Now, if you remember the XFL last time, it was like WWE only turned up to 11. They marketed it with strippers on the sideline and all this crazy stuff. They were calling the National Football League soft. They're like, oh, the NFL football has become soft. Yeah. So now we're going to have guys really go old school and rip their heads off. They, instead of having a kickoff or a coin toss, they just threw the ball up in the air and had two guys wrestle for mm-hmm. it, right? And then someone got hurt, and I think they stopped doing it. <laughs> but it was stuff like this where they marketed it as, this is going to be the toughest football you've ever seen in your entire life. Well, and you mentioned it earlier too, Matthew. I mean, if the quality of football is not there, people aren't going to watch. I mean, nobody, just take this last regular season, nobody's going to watch Cleveland play yeah. a Houston Texans team without Deshaun Watson. That's bad football. Nobody wants to watch that. And that's part of the reason the ratings were down this year, by the way. I mean, the, a bunch of the top quarterbacks got hurt, and that's always going to hurt your ratings when you have to watch bad football. But Vince McMahon is taking it a different direction this time where he's saying they're not going to allow any players in the XFL who have arrest records. Ah, they're going to Good luck with that. They're <laughs> going to make all the players stand for the national anthem, mm-hmm. of course. Like sure. you saw that coming, right? Mm-hmm. And and so they're they're going to make it more fast-paced, quicker, no instant replay. It's almost like both it's like he made the same mistake twice that this is a reasonable idea from a guy with as much money and power as he has to invent a new league that could be developmental league where you could have players on the practice squads play or, or something like that. For but the NFL owners teams. of the NFL would never go the, for that. The, they might if it was someone who wasn't like insane. Sure. Right. You could see some sort of developmental league working for football, kind of like a minor league. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like he had this a couple of conversations with all of his rich friends 
And they said, and he said, well, what do you guys hate about the NFL? And they said, oh, we hate that the players kneel for the anthem. We hate that uh, the players all get arrested and we hate something else. And, th- and then he just said, okay, that's what I'm going to change this time. And last time, years ago, they said, oh, the NFL's gotten too soft. And that's what he's going to change. It seems like he just went with the kind of narrative from only a very small percentage of actual football fans and then is making these changes thinking that all football fans feel this way. But the reality is that they don't, right? Like, I don't think that most football fans, and this goes by the ratings, are burning their jerseys or are shutting off the TV because the games are too slow or because the game or because the guys kneel or anything like that, if that does not actually show up in the numbers. We have a caller on line one. Oh, sorry. I'm sitting in the wrong spot. No, you're good. You're good. The caller. Gary in St. Paul is on line one. Yes, sir. Uh, Back when the XFL was happening or failing, out of a catalog, I had a clothing catalog. I bought an XFL t-shirt. Yes. On the closeout rack, of course. I didn't. I want to go on record of not paying full price. <laughs> I have never gotten more compliments. I mean, more <laughs> comments. When I when I wear that shirt, people have to express an opinion, and they have to talk to you, whether it's a security guy at Southdale or a a kid that sticked his head. Here they go, a kid who was on some work Ramsey County work program thing. Had to stick his head out the window and said, "Yo, man, it's a film I remember the Simpsons started the next season of the Simpsons where Homer had an XFL shirt. And they were, and he's like, I can't wait for the next season of the XFL. And they were like, not realizing that it was over. Got canceled. Yeah. But the thing, the reason why I personally don't think it's going to survive is the reason that the NFL is as popular as it is in most sports in general. It has star power. No one's going to come in to watch the guy that got cut from Clemson. You know, nobody's nobody's going to tune in to watch that because sports are driven by star power. I think. and, and if you're Vince McMahon and you're saying you don't want to bring in anybody with a criminal record or who has been arrested for anything, well, that pretty much eliminates Johnny Manziel, who, right. if there is one guy that's going to draw some interest from people, I mean, Johnny Manziel is that because he's he's at least, he has a criminal history, obviously, but he Johnny Manziel some... takes on Kyle Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, well, Johnny Manziel at least has some football talent. And that he's got star power. Some... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that that would work. But I, I've got another way that if Vince was asking me, how could I make this work? I wouldn't tell him, oh, don't bring in players with criminal records. I've, I've got the answer for Vince for how it can work. And I'm going to give it to you guys. And my friend Brian, who works in Buffalo, he runs a morning show in Buffalo, Brian Mazurowski, he is the biggest WWE nut that I've ever met in my life. So I've got to get his opinion on this when we come back. Matthew Collar in for Patrick Royce here on the Ride to the Royce. All right, back here on 1500 ESPN, Matthew Collar with you, Manny Hill and Chris Reavers as well, and talking about Vince McMahon's announcement today that the XFL is coming back in 2020. And I am so excited. I loved the 30 for 30, and I was one of the few human beings who watched multiple XFL games, and I'm not kidding, enjoyed them. 
when the, the game was actually going on, it became a bleep show as the as it went on. But the football actually got better. And these were a number of guys who ended up going on to the NFL. And some had very interesting stories. And when it died, I thought that was unfortunate because they did a lot of things that were unique and that the NFL eventually picked up. So I anything that's WWE related or Vince McMahon related, I call on my friend Brian Mazarowski, who does mornings on WBEN in Buffalo. Brian, how are you? I'm doing great, Matthew. I'm especially great after today's big announcement. Isn't this a great day that the XFL is coming back? I mean, we were just talking about how it's going to be a mess because – uh, the way that the press conference laid out today, it was almost like Vince McMahon listened to just a couple of friends complain about the NFL and said, oh, I'll just bring my league back and I'll just solve those problems. <laughs> yeah, I. it was really strange. The, the morning for me started at about 4.30 when I saw that, you know, okay, Vince McMahon, he's planning on bringing back the XFL in 2020. I, now, I said at that time, that's crazy. I don't believe that. You know, I know today was supposedly the day he was going to make that announcement. And then they announced it at about 9 o'clock that there was going to be an announcement. And then 2020, he actually did it. To me, that made no sense because the thinking behind it all, right, was that, okay, so he's going to take advantage of a lot of complaints people have about the NFL and then take advantage of the political aspect of it. And by 2020, who knows what's going to happen? So right. I, it's a real gamble here for Vince to, I mean, bank on uh, a few things. And I, I guess he has the XFL name, right, to kind of fall back on, to peak interest. Everyone's talking about it today. I'm sure they will a couple of years from now. But it's just a really strange day and strange way to kick it off. I think, Brian, that I have got the solution for Vince if he calls me. I don't know that he will. But if he wants to make this work, as opposed to just – going against whatever complaints people have about the NFL right now today, which, by the way, those complaints haven't really hurt the NFL ratings that much. Instead of 30 million, 28 million people are watching. So the NFL is still doing fine, and a lot of people are really okay with its product. But I would try to turn it into a reality show that dug deep into the players' background stories. I don't even mean fake stories. I mean that that took all the sort of things that we have at our disposal that reality shows use, like with these singers. The singer, no one knows. People don't know enough about music to know whether someone is singing well. They go on whether they like the person's story, right? I mean, wouldn't wouldn't that actually work? And isn't that what they kind of do on WWE? It, 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 very, it is very uh, a WWE-like idea that would make a lot of sense. you got to think he's thinking somewhere along that line, because if you just go by the announcement today, right, it kind of sounds more like the UFL than the XFL. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going overboard. He's not bringing in uh, WWE guys. It, it kind of sounds a little plain. He says, we're going to tweak some of the rules. It's going to be a little simpler to follow. But, you know, maybe that's, you need a little bit more than that to start something up. Now, I will say this. You mentioned the ratings. I am not going to be one of these people who say that, you know, Vince is looking at the NFL. He's hearing all this talk about how uh, the NFL ratings are down. It's losing popularity. This is a really smart TV guy. I mean, he's been on top of the TV game for, I mean, Raw just had its 25th anniversary uh, the other week, and they celebrated on Monday. He's been 
up there for 25 years running a very successful TV show. He's not going to be fooled by people who maybe have an agenda against the NFL saying that popularity is slipping. He knows the numbers better than anybody. So I don't know exactly what he sees there, but you'd have to think it's a little more planned out than to just be a league, to just be a UFL. It's got to be something more. Matthew Collar in for Patrick Roycey here on the ride with Roycey, my friend, Brian Mazurowski and WWE expert. I'm calling you that, Brian, because I've never met anyone who knows it in detail as well as you do. He does a morning oh. show, WBEN in Buffalo. So you got to get out more, Matthew. Well, you know, the, I, I don't know many in the community. So you're my go-to guy here. If it was okay, if it was football analysis, I'd have 20 guests lined up, but WWE, you're my only friend who knows it this well. Um, so when it comes to where uh, Vince McMahon is going with this, and you mentioned him as a TV guy, there are a couple things that caught my ear that might be really interesting to watch, though. And one of them is that he wants to get rid of halftime, speed up the game, get rid of NFL replay. The last time the XFL was around, Brian, they invented a bunch of stuff that the NFL stole. You know what's funny is I was thinking about the way he's describing the league and you know, going back on some of the talking points. And the two that caught my eye are, you know, halftime, what do we do with it? He wants to speed up the game, you know, instead of a three-and-a-half-hour-long game, maybe make it two hours, a little more tolerable, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, for WWE fans is hilarious because Monday Night Raw goes over three hours every week, (laughs) and that's all people talk about is complaining about how long it is. But anyways, he mentioned a lot of that, and I find myself thinking that if this league with this rules, how he's talking about it in, you know, in a very vague sense, too. We didn't really get a lot of specifics. How he's talking about it, if you know, Tom Brady, if Andrew Luck, if you know, Deshaun Watson, if all these players were playing in this league, I might prefer it over the NFL. I mean, that's going to be his big problem, right? Is he, you could have the best rules. You could have the best ideas. You could change football for the better, but... In the end, if the quality of play is, you know, below what you're watching in the Mac every Thursday night, <laughs> who's really going to watch? So, bottom line on it, do you think it's going to work this time? Uh, yeah, I, I guess it depends on the, the big question in my mind is, what do you mean by work? You know, what is in Vince McMahon's head right now as a level of success? You got the feeling that when he first launched the NFL or the XFL, he was thinking that he could compete with the NFL, mm-hmm. with how popular wrestling was at that time, uh, how he was talking. You kind of got that feeling. This time, maybe it's a little bit different. He has that experience before. He says, you know, there's seven months without football, so he's not trying to directly compete with the NFL or anything like that. I wonder what success means for him. I do think that it, like the XFL the first time, I do think it really has the opportunity to be uh, an influencer in sports again, and especially with the NFL. You know, if some of these things go over well, if, you know, the promo video says fewer flags, you know, maybe that's something that will catch on. Maybe a revised catch rule might perk a few ears um, in the NFL. Uh, names on the back of the jerseys, how that Major League Baseball just did a whole weekend with that last year. So I do think it will be kind of an influencer in the space, success. I mean, that's all defined in Vince's head. What's success? If making money is success, I think he can do that. But, I mean, competing with 
professional sports competing with, you know, what, you know, the big four or however you want to define it, uh, I wouldn't go that far. Brian, awesome stuff. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, good to talk with you, Matt. You too. Uh, that's uh, my friend Brian Mazarowski. Does mornings in Buffalo WBEN, and I call him a WWE expert because he knows a lot about it, as you can tell. So we'll take a break. We got a lot of hockey talk coming back. We will circle back to some XFL, but also coming up, Daryl Bevel. I have, I think I have created the hottest take of all time on Daryl Bevel. So I'm going to give that to you guys. Uh, Jess Meyer is going to stop in. We're going to talk about the hockey all-star game and why it needs another John Scott for to get me interested. Matthew Collar in for Patrick Royce here on the ride. Give us 30 minutes and we'll give you everything Cubs. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. Jess Myers now joins the ride with Royce. Right now! For this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. All right, he is indeed here, Jess Myers, to talk hockey for a half an hour. Although I'm going to make you talk a little bit of XFL. Um, and maybe a couple other things in between. The but uh, the Memphis Maniacs have some uh, offensive line problems that we need to talk about. Was that a point. team? The Memphis Maniacs. I don't remember the team. Maniacs spelled with an A-X oh, at the man. end, too. And, uh, there yeah. were so many good things about the XFL. Like I think, I think we just named all of them right there. No, Boom, no, no, done. no, no. no the, the best thing about the XFL was that Tommy Maddox came back as a starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers and had success eventually as the starting quarterback of the Steelers after winning the XFL MVP. To me, that was the best. Other than wow. the pomp and circumstance of the opening night and then just how awful it was. Oh, yeah. It, there were some cool stories mixed in. Plus, and, we need more out of Sam Boyd Stadium as a pro football yes, venue, don't that, we? Is that Las that's, Vegas? That's the one in yep. Las Vegas, Well, yeah. and that's another thing, right? I mean, they put a professional sport in Las Vegas, and now everyone wants to be there. And how about that for a uh, how about that for a transition, by the There's way? There's a segue. I like it. You did well. You did well. Uh, yeah. yeah. What do you think of Las Vegas? I, I think, you know, Judd and I were skeptical about this. I know it shocks you that Judd was skeptical about something, but I, I agreed with him. I was skeptical about it, too, early in this, on. In this case, um, you know, first... First of all, I heard uh, you know you can't vote for yourself for coach of the year in the in the <laughs> NHL. So Gerard Gallant only got thirty votes yeah, so far right. for uh, the job he's done, and George McPhee, you know, who did a fantastic job putting the Washington Capitals together. You knew the guy knew hockey, but with what they were given to choose from to put a team together, and you know, with the success they've had, you know, when your biggest name is like James Neal, you know, a guy who's a good player, but a complimentary player, it seems like, in every stop that he's made. You know, he complimented Crosby, and he was a complimentary player in Nashville. And now, you know, he's, you know, your guy that you're building, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights around. Um, predictably, people have fallen in love with hockey there because mm-hmm. it's a winner. It's something new. It's for the first time Las Vegas is, using air quotes, a big-time city now because they've got, you know, one of the major four professional sports and they're getting the WNBA, by the way. So you know, more yes. big news yeah. on, on the yeah, horizon in uh, in Sin City. So and yeah. they have the number one pick in the WNBA draft too, which should help them a lot. Plus, if you know the guy, if you covered the guy, if you followed the guy's career, you it's impossible to root against Nate Schmidt anywhere that guy goes. I will root for that team because he is one of the truly great guys I've ever covered, and and just a ton of fun. So is he one of us? He's one of us. Oh, Saint okay. Cloud Cathedral, right. by the way. Of course, you knew that. And and an ex girlfriend. Yeah, well, I'm still learning who all the one of uses are. When I got here two years ago, I Googled all the celebrities from Minnesota, and there yeah. are there are many. Yeah, there are many, but uh, even more hockey players. The Las Vegas thing is great to me because of what you mentioned of 
proving that pro sports belonged in Las Vegas. Right. And it's always the next natural step for me to say, okay, we should just allow sports gambling, and this should be sort of part of the conversation, too, that we've put a team there. It wasn't any sort of disaster, at least yet so far. Yep. And in fact, the fans embraced it, and it worked out great. I'm still waiting, by the way, for that massive trade offer they're going to make to get Jason Zucker. I thought it would happen sooner. Frankly, they don't need more scoring right now because they're scoring plenty, they're winning plenty. But the fact that Jason Zucker is a Las Vegas guy, I thought for sure they would make some big, ridiculous offer of, you know, first round draft picks or something like that to try and get him to come home, much like, you know, so many Minnesotan teams have done over the years to get guys to come back here. Okay. I don't want to leave that thought of trading Jason Zucker because I think we could have. Like if you anybody who used to listen to Bill Simmons like back in the day, yep. one of the things he would do is just trade people all the time. Like sure, his, yeah. his whole his the trade whole machine. bit yeah. was just, yeah. yep, we're just trading NBA players, and I love to do that with hockey. So I, I want to get into here's all the guys with the Wild we should trade because after the All Star break is okay. Now what's going to happen? This at the is deadline? this is when it gets real. Am know? I crazy for thinking Las Vegas should trade for Eric Carlson? I don't think so. Although I will say I watched Eric Carlson this week, and boy, you talk about an anonymous player. And Here's what stuns me about Ottawa. They're not a bad team. They've got some really good pieces. None of those pieces are doing anything. Mm -hmm. When I interviewed him in the locker room after the game was the first time I remembered Dion Phaneuf played for that team. <laughs> um, and then, of course, a whole bunch of thoughts about Alicia Cuthbert hopped in my head, but that's a whole different story. But, uh, you know, Ottawa stuns me. And, they're you know, they're going to have a fire sale. I mean, that, I, I think they almost have to. Ironically, we spent all of last year talking about the forthcoming Colorado Avalanche fire sale mm -hmm. and where Matt Deshane was going to go. And now he's in Ottawa, and, you know, they're probably the next fire sale team. The other team, by the way, don't get excited, Wild fans, because he's not coming here. Thomas Vanek is getting all this talk now of what, <laughs> he what Vancouver is, right? is going to get for him because he's a rental and he's a scorer and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Yeah, he's not coming back. Sorry, it's not going to happen. Um, no, I don't think that would be a good fit really for this team too because they want guys who can, you know, skate fast and sure. stuff. That, yeah. uh, Thomas give a, Vanek give a give a full time effort and you know, <laughs> and I, I Thomas is a good person. I've always gotten along with him well, but in, as a member of the Minnesota Wild. He was exactly the same player he was as a member of the Minnesota Gophers. He would score, and he would look unbelievable about 40% of the time, and about 40% of the time you would say, is he on the ice? Uh -huh. Is he, you know, and it's like, and, and nothing's changed. About and, him. yep, and I covered him for a long time in Buffalo, and it was the same problem. Same deal. When he was at his best, he'd have a five-point game and do things that you've never even seen before yep. with the puck, and then for 10 games in a row— you never saw him. But he was but, well rested when he got to Buffalo because he took most of his second year at Minnesota <laughs> off. You know? But he was perfect for the wild, though. I mean, isn't it the definition of what the Minnesota Wild are and why anytime I bring them up in conversation with anyone around here? So if it's Vikings, you bring up Vikings, people are like, What are they gonna do in the offseason? What's going on with the Vikings? You bring up the wild, and it's like, eh, yeah, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, just, yeah uh, there has been a certain kind of malaise that settled in among Wild fans where they've gotten to this point where they're a first or second round team in the NHL mm -hmm. and nobody really sees them making that leap. Now, the hope that springs eternal, many puns there, um, is that we've seen it happen with like Nashville last year where just get in the playoffs and goofy stuff can happen and you get on a weird roll. We saw it in 91 with the North Stars who came out of nowhere as the 16 seed and all of a sudden are winning two games in the Stanley Cup final. So it does happen. 
it just hasn't happened here yet for whatever reason, be it Parisi injuries, be it, you know, Dubnik, you know, running out of steam by the time the playoffs start, you know, all kinds of weird stuff has happened. It's also very much like having Case Keenum as your quarterback. Yes. That, like, if anything goes wrong, you can't overcome that because you have Sidney Crosby. Last year, they lost Chris Letang in the playoffs and didn't have him. But Crosby and Malkin were just so good, it didn't matter yeah. a lot of the time. And they got great goaltending, too, and the Wild haven't always gotten great goaltending when it comes to the playoffs, but it seems like their best players will get shut down. Like Granlin last year just gets completely shut down. Coyle is pretty much a non-factor when it comes to the playoffs last year, and we've seen that year and year again, which brings me to, as we get past the All-Star game here, it's it seems to me that if Chuck Fletcher wants to do this for a very long time, in Minnesota, he's going to have to make a swing at something to change the fabric of the team, not just to change the windows a little, like yeah. to change the, or the foundation, I should say, as opposed to like, oh, we're just going to rearrange the deck chairs, which is what he's been doing at the trade deadline every year. This is what's scary if you're Chuck Fletcher. He's tried it a few times and it's failed spectacularly. I mean, you know, they're they're still talking about the Nick Letty trade and that was like eight years ago. And, you know, where, you know, it was a bad trade. It just simply was. Last year, he made the big move to go out and get uh, Martin Havlat and, you know, or, excuse me, Martin Hansel. Hansel, yep. I, I get my Eastern Europeans with the same initials mixed up. Um, and it just didn't work. So you have to wonder. And last year it was kind of an all-in move. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we're, we're having the best season we've ever had. This is the one guy that's going to put us over the top, and it was just a no-show. So you wonder how gun-shot he might be to do that. So I want to talk to you about the All-Star game and my frustration with it a little bit. But just real quick before we take a break, um, which guy would be number one on your list to make a move that you think would change around that foundation. Because you mentioned Nashville. They made some trades that their fans might not have been pleased with necessarily or like real legit hockey trades that changed who they were as an organization to get P.K. Subban and to send Shea Weber out to get Ryan Johansson and, and trade out Seth Jones. Those are all good players changing but coming into the new environment, Subban has just been fantastic and really changed who they are as, as a contending team. Here's the one I think, you know, if you're going to move a wild player, I think Charlie Coyle is probably the most likely candidate. And, you know, what I see about that is about six, eight years ago, Nick Schultz, who had been you know the all-time leader in games played for the wild, got moved at the trade deadline. Decent defenseman, never a star, defensive defenseman. It was a shocking move in that room for people who said, wait a minute. All-time leader in games played for the Wild. If they can move him, God, they could move me. And mm-hmm. and it and it woke guys up. I think that's the kind of trade you need. As much as you need to bring in somebody, um, just that kind of foundational move, I think, is what's going to wake this team up. The NHL, you'll be shocked, missed an opportunity with the All-Star game. Jess Myers is in. Matthew Collar for Patrick Royce here on The Ride. Getting you caught up on the week in pucks. It's the Hockey Half Hour with Jess Myers. Combination that requires the highest level of conditioning, speed, creativity. On the Ride with Royce. All right, we are back. Ride with Royce. Matthew Collar in with Jess Myers, our Hockey Half Hour. And the NHL All-Star Game is coming up. Most people could not care about anything less in the entire world than the NHL All-Star Game. But over the last couple of years, Jess, 
They have found some fun ways to get people entertained by the NHL All-Star Game. Yes. Shockingly, they have found ways. One was to go to the three-on-three, which people liked. And the other, it got some interest. And the other... You saw the face I made there, didn't you? I did. Yep, you yes. Did. Yes. Okay. Was I'm listening. The John Scott saga oh. of John Scott being voted into the NHL All-Star Game. And it's sort of turning into a Disney movie a little bit of John Scott being around for a long time. He was a member of the Wild, right? Member of the Wild. Okay. so he College was, hockey player at Michigan Tech, you know. Yep. He was around for a long time and he was a fighter. So he wasn't a scorer, never a guy that'd be nope. in the All-Star Game. And then there was an internet campaign to get him voted in. He was playing for the Arizona Coyotes at the time. Exactly. And it became kind of a fun thing. And then the NHL was pushing back against him. His team let him go. The, N- the NHL right? said, they wait got- a minute, people are having fun with this. We can't let that stand. Right. Yes. yes. So, the, so they got kind of, rid of him, right? They, they kind they of forced him. a trade. No, yeah. they, they well, traded they him to Montreal. Uh, Montreal puts him in the minors, which somehow technically disqualified him for the All-Star game. Well, there was enough of an uproar mm-hmm. where they finally caved and said, okay, he can play in the All-Star yes. game. And then he scored the game-winning goal, yeah, which, I think. Which, or... which he did and won the MVP yes. of the All-Star game. And it was like the most fun story ever. Now, I have a little history here because, you know, the, the Gary Bettman regime started started with allowing a team from Minnesota to move to Texas. You know, this, <laughs> this, this was the first bit of genius hockey marketing on Gary Bettman's part. Um, this was shortly after the Sports Channel America experiment. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. why would you want your team on a channel that anybody sees? Uh-huh. Um, you know, and then we're, we're dealing with an all-star game where they've switched the format how many times where mm-hmm. it was, you know, North America versus Europe. And then it was, you know, the straight Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. And then a couple times we did the NHL all-star team versus a Soviet all-star team back in, you know, the 80s. They would do that now. And then it's like, okay, pick a format and let's just go with it and and stop messing around. But you're right. People seem to like the three-on-three because it's fun hockey. And remember, when they used to just play straight-up five-on-five Eastern Conference versus Western Conference, the scores were always like 16 to 12 or, you know, something ridiculous like that. So it's not like you were eliminating the the purity of the hockey by going to the three-on-three. But, okay, so... We have this format you keep messing around with. We have the NHL trying to be the no-fun police and Mm -hmm. and get rid of the John Scott story. And then, what, like two weeks later, we get the Olympics made up of a whole bunch of guys that nobody has ever seen play <laughs> before. And, and you know, please, I'm, I'm not trying to rip any of those guys that made the, uh, the, the Olympic team. God bless them. But we had a great format with the mm-hmm. NHLers playing there, and, you know, they've, they've managed to mess that up, too. Well, I think with Gary Bettman, we could spend a lot more time than we have to rant about just where the NHL sits in the national view uh, compared to the other leagues. I mean, the fact that all the other leagues were hovering around and then shot up in popularity, yep. well, his remained where it is, says a lot about him, and it's stunning that they keep bringing him back, especially with so many struggling franchises. But I think... Would he be the Marvin Lewis of, of sports commissioners? Oh, I think he's much worse, right? <laughs> I think he's much worse. It would be... It would be I, I don't think it would be precedented, right? Maybe early, maybe early days NFL where they would keep a coach in line because he owned the team or sure, something, and sure. he would stay the head coach for 20 years. Or Connie Mack back in the won. baseball yeah, days where yeah. you know you just kept the same. He didn't need to win, just kept him around. Right. That's he has he like had. a losing career record, but it just doesn't matter. Yep, yep. Um, with Bettman, there, there's so many problems there, but the big picture is that they're not relevant. With the John Scott thing, 
I think they should have seen it as an opportunity to have a player every year that they honor his yeah. role in hockey, right? And, and it could have been a fun story every single year. Yeah, this absolutely. guy, this guy is the John Scott this year. Not even making fun of him to put him in, but hey, this guy has been around for 15 years and he's never gotten any recognition. Third unit he is. defensive defenseman, yeah. who, you know, comes to work every day and has bruises all over his body to prove it. You know, honor a guy like that. You know, as much as we love the Connor McDavid's and the Sidney Crosby's and on this team Eric Stahl, you know, as much as we love watching those guys, honor one of the lunch pail guys who's mm-hmm. out there busting their butt every day and, you know, who doesn't get the glory. And that's what the John Scott story was. I mean, just a really nice guy, good guy who who deserved the honor, and, and thank God he got it. And now we've gotten rid of that, too. And I think it also showed that even guys who are at the bottom of the lineup are really, really good at hockey yep. when they're out there. And it would give a guy an opportunity at three-on-three to show that off a little bit, have him make some moves out there and and have people cheer for him. And instead, they just had to kill that immediately because it might have a shred of fun or entertainment value, which Gary Bettman clearly uh, has never been for. So let, let's take a quick break and then uh, honor Jim Johansson when we come back. Absolutely. Matthew Tom- All right, back here on the ride with Royce, Matthew Collar in for Patrick Royce, and uh, Jess Myers in with me for the hockey half hour. Jess, we lost one of us this week. One of the great ones. If as if Sunday wasn't a bad enough day with what happened in Philadelphia, I was uh, on my way to and from Duluth for a funeral for a friend of mine's father. Got the word that Jim Johansson had passed away. Fifty-three years old. Jim was from Rochester. Fantastic hockey player, played on two Olympic teams, played at the University of Wisconsin, was a star there, then got into USA Hockey, and uh, Jim was the guy that has spent the last six months kind of picking the U.S. Olympic team, finding guys who qualified, who were playing in Europe, who were playing elsewhere, that could put this team together, finally got a break after the World Juniors, he was home for a little bit and uh, wasn't feeling good, and... It looks as if they haven't officially announced, but it looks as if he had a, a heart attack and passed away mm-hmm. just at the age of 53, you know, right before getting set to go over to the to the Winter Olympics and uh, just a devastating loss for the hockey community. A fantastic guy. And uh, boy, if the, if the Americans needed one more thing to play for over in Pyeongchang, uh, the, the memory of Jim Johansson is certainly uh, worth playing for. Well, I saw there's a bunch of players that I had covered in, in Buffalo that I still follow them on Twitter and just uh, an outpouring for him on Sunday. Jack Eichel had a, a yeah, long yeah. tweet uh, about it, and just it uh, seems like the number of people that he touched working with USA Hockey is uh, amazing. JJ was American Hockey. I mean, uh, you know, and a guy behind the scenes, never wanted glory, always wanted you know everybody to be happy and and uh, you know put the team together that way. And uh, boy, uh, like I say, if if there you needed some inspiration to to play hard for your country. Um, his memory would be it. Thanks for coming in, Jess. Absolutely. Good to talk to you. Appreciate the hockey talk. Offensive coordinator for the Vikings when we come back. Matthew Collar in for Patrick Royce on the Ride with Royce. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.